You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Well, holy shit, Billy Bradley. We went to Indianapolis. Indianapolis, the race, I was like, eh, usually not a very good race. Eh, unless there's a bunch of tire problems, I'm not really interested in it. Eh. I wish the Xfinity cars, I mean, they got a good package. I hope they put on a decent show. And Billy Bradley turns out, from all accounts, it was a pretty damn decent weekend of racing over there in Indianapolis. The Xfinity cars <laughs> uh, apparently did a fantastic job. Uh, I've been, I, I want, in full disclosure, I watched exactly zero laps. Uh, I watched exactly zero laps this past week. But the Xfinity race scored unbelievably high. Um, on the poll that I saw, and 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 Billy, I, I, we said tires were going to be key to this race being decent. We needed some tire wear, that sort of thing. I, Billy, we got tire wear, and and I'll be damned if we didn't have an exciting race and an exciting finish in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been uh, a, a great few weeks. Uh, a race, and, uh, you know, Indianapolis, just like you said, like we thought, I asked the Indy, you know, unless there's going to be some tire problems, it's not going to be any good, but I'm exactly in the same boat you was. For the last two weeks, I haven't been able to turn my television on to watch the race due to the work situation exploding. Uh, you know, we're so busy right now. If they would have told me when I took my two weeks off to uh, – just go ahead and enjoy it, that we're getting ready to bust wide open, I would have said there's no damn way. But in all reality, man, I haven't. I haven't I've come home to sleep for two weeks, and that's it. Well, that's not a bad thing, Billy. Hell, we were all gloom and doom here not too long ago. Um, exactly. Uh, having a record number of, of orders there for your, for your company is a, is a damn good thing. Rob Lopes, we talked about it last week. We talked about how – you know, that place can be abrasive and that sort of thing. And, and I got to know, Rob, I, I, when did you guys first, well, hell, I guess with, with no practice, you probably didn't know until you pulled the first set of tires off the car that there might have been some issues, huh? Well, here's, and, and here's the thing about that, and we and you, you brought it up. We discussed it last week, and I even described what the track surface is like. And it, it's – while it's worn down still a little bit, it's still it's an abrasive track, but not abrasive like Atlanta and Darlington and California. Um, it's just the way the surface is diamond ground, and it's hard on tires. Uh, the lap 12 uh, competition yellow, I mean, Ryan was complaining. He goes, man, something don't feel right. He goes, I bet you that right front's corded. And there was no cords on our right front, but he felt something. So we're like, okay, you know, um, I think lap 12 and fuel there, I think is 35 max thereabouts. Um, so you're not, you're not even halfway through a run. Well, lo and behold, prior problems strike the six first and homie knocks the fence down damn near. I mean, not as bad, and don't get me wrong, Ryan's hit was pretty good, but he felt something go He felt something go awry, yeah. and instead of going to the bottom in the corner, he started to drift up to the fence, when it, and then it let go, and he popped the fence. Yeah. Now, Goodyear, I think, at that point was 
they came to us and they looked at it and I was looking at the tire and I went, yeah, this thing ain't no cut, man. I said, this is something else. Yeah. And so we did our best to fix the car, got him back out there. Um, you know, clear clearance it. We got ourselves off the DVP clock. And then he's like, man, the toe's messed up, blah, blah, blah. All right, we're going to fix the toe. Well, when we fixed the toe, lo and behold, we saw some stuff that was bent under there and got the toe about as close as we could. And he even said, he goes, it still doesn't feel right. It's not driving right. You know, what do we got? What do we, what do we have to gain out here? And at that point it was like, just take it to the garage because now that we're off DVP and I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but now that we're off DVP, we can, we can go to the garage and fix mechanical repairs, which means, you know, we can put a drag link on it. We can put, you know, a lower on it, whatever, whatever we need to do. Um, However, when we got in the garage, we saw that the damage was pretty severe, and we yeah. parked the car. Yeah. There's no sense in putting him out there just to log laps. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as the race went on, now you really started to see some tire fails. You saw the 20-pound defense, the 88-pound defense. Yeah. The 11 hit a ton. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it turned into a right-front issue. The, the 10 car was having left-front issues. They felt vibrations, and every time they felt something, he came down pit road. Um, so not having practice, not having qualifying, doesn't let you know what, you're, what you need to pay attention to if, if the tires are going to wear out, not to mention the fact there's no rubber on a racetrack. So yeah. all of that played a part, and obviously, you know, Goodyear being them, they followed up with every team, you know, they wanted to see these tires. They wanted, they talked to the tire specialists, talked to the crew chief. Hey, you know, what, what exactly happened? What were your settings? Where were you on camber? Where were you on air? All that sort of stuff. And, you know, there was, I mean, the window's not that big, but they, they found that air pressures were, you know, some were, better than others as far as their yeah. safety is concerned and, and their and their pressure sweep and all that. But uh, they knew they knew that the construction that they were taking there was probably on the edge anyway. And I say on the edge and I'm not speaking bad about them. Yep. They it, it probably it was probably on the edge for what we were trying to do under the circumstances. And without being able to go to our tire test and say, hey, we need to bring this other construction, we need to bring this, we need to bring that, without being able to do that, they weren't able to, you know, they, they took a tire and said, okay, this tire is at Pocono, and these tracks are similar, we've run the same tire at both of these places before, we'll take this tire to Indy, and it wasn't 2008, fail a tire every 10 laps sure. throughout the field, yeah, I mean, there was, was a select few, but... The, you know, the 11 knocking the fence down with, what, five to go, three to go, and driving away, Yeah, yeah. that, I mean, that's a that's a crusher right there. That is a crusher. And, you know, sure. you just talked about the 11 uh, crushing the wall there with, like, five to go. But, you know, I was working, and I was, listening, I was to the radio, and I had the in-car scanner app going through my headset, and I heard Rodney Childress tell Kevin Harvick, to push that 11 car as hard as he could because he was recording the right front. And that's exactly like Rodney Childress is a damn genius. 
when you just sit and listen to him. I don't know why I even turned to Kevin Hart's radio, but that's who I listen to. And, like, I've never really focused on Rodney Childress that, through a whole race, but just, man, I, I learned a lot of information listening to him over the radio Sunday. Well, Billy, I want to tell you. It's funny you mention that, Billy. It's funny because I had time, obviously, and uh, we were sitting in the parking lot in our rental car at the airport listening to the race and uh, watching the race. Actually, we pulled it up on one of the guy's phones, and we were sitting in the car watching it. And they went to Denny's crew chief. He says, what you're seeing, he goes, that four is trimmed out. He goes, what you're seeing when he gets in your mirror, he says, you're seeing that straightaway speed. He says, you keep doing what you're doing. He goes, those tires are going to go away, and he's not going to get through the corner. Because the 11 had a, had a more of a downforce setup, yeah. whereas the four yeah. car was more trimmed out for straightaway speed. And cool. so both crew chiefs are telling these guys, like Rodney's telling the four, you keep pushing that, push that 11, push that 11. And the 11 is telling him, what you're seeing is straightaway speed. His tires are going to go away. So they're, you know, <laughs> these crew chiefs are these crew chiefs are playing the angles that they know. Hey, I know what this guy's doing. This guy knows what I'm doing, and we're battling. You know, it was a chess match almost, and and it's a shame it happened for the eleven, but the eleven and the four were the class of the field. Well, I want to tell you yeah. something. Uh, and who won that race, by the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a four, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll get to that later. We'll get to. I'm sorry, I digress. We'll get to that later. Uh, I, I had that you would bring this up in the first 30 seconds, so I was wrong again with Rob Lowe. <laughs> he, he, he snookered us on the pick, and I and I missed how early he would mention the uh, uh, mention uh, his 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 back-to-back winning picks. But I, the very first podcast we ever did, Billy Bradley, with Dirty Mo Radio, way back when, uh, we did. We talked about how Rodney Childers was probably the, um, uh, the, the the best, the biggest strategic strategist um, in the field. And yeah. And if we were going to pick a crew chief, you know, he would. How could you go wrong with? He's certainly one of the top three, of course. Uh, but but the way he approaches wanting to win, you know, every practice, every every you know, qualifying run, every wants to run, win every lap, and all that. It just it was it's he just. The way he goes at it is fascinating, and I and I know he used to race and those sorts of things. But literally, I, I saw Jeff Glucker, Bob Fokker was one of the two tweeted Billy what you said that Rodney Childers told the four, "Hey, to push it, he's cording his his tires when it gets up there." And, and I, yeah. I just it, it's it's amazing to me as a fan of uh, shit, three four. I'm starting on my fourth decade of, of being a fan. And, and that these guys, as much technical stuff, I mean, all it takes is a sixteenth of an inch here or there, you know, to get this big, that Rodney Children can still sit up there and notice, hey, this is what we need to do to win here. And, and I just, to me, it, it's just, this is why I love the sport of NASCAR. You can know nothing about cars. You can know everything about cars. And you're still, if you follow the sport, you can have a, a, a fantastic time and, and, and we've talked about and the cool thing about this. We talked about tires are probably going to be an issue. And, and Rob, I know exactly what you're saying about about um, uh, Goodyear. I, I, I appreciate everything they do for the sport. Um, they they spent a shit ton of money to make sure that these these tires are safe. We all want a a tire that wears and that is safe. Well, that is a lot to ask for when you're racing. You know, putting that kind of 
loads on those tires and that sort of thing. Goodyear did come out, and they said that um, they recommended a certain tire pressure, and that was mm-hmm. maybe some of the some of the issues. They did not blame it all on that. Uh, and, and I gotta say, I don't like to see anybody hit the hit the wall hard. No, nobody wants that whatsoever. I will say, true story. Having a tire fall off made the race very very good. It, it made the race very very good, and and, and I I don't want anybody to get hurt. And I'm glad. I hope. Denny Hamlin doesn't have any residual effects of that of that race. Sometimes it takes a couple of days to feel just how bad you really feel. But I mean, without the, Billy, we have seen we go to that track and, and we don't see any passes, or we don't see this, we don't see that. And I, for all accounts, we saw a great race. As a matter of fact, Billy, it was an extremely high-rated race. And, and I would have bet, uh, I would have bet just about anything that it wouldn't have been that good. And but here we are, and it turned out to be just fine. Um, did you see the Rob? Were, were you? Did you happen to see or catch the uh, the wreck that was on pit road, or you guys already in the shop? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we were right wow. in front of that. That was crazy. We were right I, in front of that, and it was. I'll tell you what. Um, it's the narrowest pit road. I'm fairly certain it's the narrowest pit road that we go to. Yeah. Um, even though like the stalls are really long, but the stalls are narrow. And the yeah. pit road itself is very narrow. Yep. And obviously, you know, they kept – there was a red flag, you know, and they parked them on the back and all that sort of stuff, you know, after everybody got, you know, through with their stops and that. And they kept playing the replay over and over to show what happened. What happened was there was a bottleneck there right at the head of pit road, right at the entrance of pit road, with guys slowing down to turn off, you know, and this and that. And they just kind of ass-packed each other. Uh, I think, was it the 48 got turned sideways or the 47 yeah. or something like that? 48, 48 got torn to hell. Um, uh, obviously, the the rear changer, um, he the rear changer on the 12 got hurt, yeah. uh, which was terrible. Oh, yeah. You know, you you never want to see that. And the the Jackman, I, I saw the footage, the Jackman jumped up on the roof. Yeah. But he's already yeah. standing up. The changer was down and got, and he saw it coming, and he stood up and he just got squeezed against the car. Yeah. And, you know, and instinct takes over there. He got himself out of harm's way, and there was a lot of cars like the 19. I like the 19 ran a few laps and then parked it. Yeah. I think the 48 tried to run a few laps and they end up parking it. Uh, the 47, I think it was the 47 was out at that point and he was destroyed. Yeah. Um, the 19, like I said, the 19 didn't take long and they were on the trailer. There was a lot of lot of there's a few good cars there that got torn up in that wreck and it was the end of their day and that was at the competition yellow and I think yellow came out on twelve we pitted on lap fifteen maybe yeah. fourteen something like that so that's an early day for a lot of those cats man and I mean like uh, whatever the, the first so the first car came in and pitted I, I guess um, at, at the very end of or the or the beginning of pit road I guess is when you're coming in. And then every, I Correct. mean, there's only two lanes there. You're not going three lanes out there or nothing. There's Bare, no barely two lanes. Yeah, barely two lanes. Long, they, you know, I mean, that, on TV, I, I, and again, on TV it probably looks huge, but when you stand there, it's yeah. not that wide. It's well, really well, not. Not when, not when you put those wide, those big wide stock cars on there. Yeah. And here again, I actually had a chance to 
see things that I don't usually see, unfortunately. I saw them do a comparison on television as far as the Indy cars versus the stock cars, as far as height, weight, yeah. width, all that sort of thing. And, you know, it's it's they are extremely different, but and you're you're racing the same racetrack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> and that place that place wasn't when it was built. It wasn't built or designed or whatever or you know as these big ass cars. Yeah, it wasn't. They weren't thinking NASCAR when they built pit road. They weren't thinking NASCAR when they laid you know when they laid it out and all that. You know what I mean? They yeah. really weren't. They were thinking so, those big and, long and that's okay. It's it's the same thing for everybody. Yeah. Every you yeah, know. Well, it was a perfect. Uh, I will form. say this. I will say this. I think it was the 15 cars, the one that struck the crew member. Yeah. I watched that video a hundred times, and I'm not trying to bash anybody or anything, but I'm still trying to figure out what he was thinking. Yeah. I mean, that hole that he was trying to get through was barely, even if the guys weren't there, Yeah. he was still going to hit the 12. But the fact that the guys were already there and he thought he was going to shoot that gap, yeah. and I'm sorry, and again, it's a heat of the moment thing. You know, there's a lot going on in the car, and I'm not trying to pretend that I'm any better than anybody else or that I know what's going on in that race car. I know there's a lot going on there, especially when they're coming on the pit road. And then that stuff starts happening, and you're just reacting. But, yeah. I mean, even if, even if, the, even if uh, Blaney's guys weren't on the right side of the car, he was going to – he was going to – crashed that 12 anyway yep. you know what i mean like uh, like like that's how that's how quick things happened and it you know and again you know hindsight's 2020 you know maybe when he's in the car he's like oh i got a shot at this but there's two guys standing there too so you know maybe not the best thing maybe he couldn't get stopped he might have tried and he you know he who knows he might have seen it all happen and goes oh my god i can't get stopped and i'm about to hit these dudes yeah you know well, and i'm sure he's being that true member you know? Drag himself back to safety, man, was just godly. Like, I just cringed. Yeah. Well, you know, Billy, it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that because there used to – there was a time, and I say this because I'm seasoned, that guys got hit a little more often. And they didn't, you know – you know, like, I'm not going to say it happened every week, but it happened more often than it happens now. But now when somebody gets hit, it's a big deal because we don't see it as much anymore. Yep, yep. You know, yep. And, it, and that cat didn't get – it wasn't grazed like, ooh, you know, I felt him against my fire suit. Homeboy got slammed against the race car. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, it, and probably messed him up pretty good, I would venture. Like, I'm thinking, you know, maybe some, you know, torn – maybe possible torn ligaments, maybe broken bone. You know, if he's lucky, yeah, it's a broken bone. If he's, I, torn ligaments are going to change everything. Yeah. yeah. The fact of the matter is, it, it, we used to see it a lot more back in the day. One of the reasons I yeah. think because there was, you know, there was a lot less communication, you know, that there is now. Obviously, correct. Uh, you got two channels and all this other kind of stuff. You got a lot more, you know, a lot better communication than, than you ever did. And uh, you know, NASCAR has has really worked on their their pit road stuff inside the box. They've been going to. They've done as much as they probably can to get safer over the years, I would imagine. I mean, it's still a entirely dangerous thing. Um, it's no. still a oh, absolutely. And, and dangerous thing, and, and we saw that. And, and Billy, that guy, I mean, they put him on the stretcher and 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and oh yeah, <laughs> that that is the that, that's a hell of a, a hell of a. Uh, I mean, he got hit by a car for Christ's sake. It wasn't a linebacker. It was a it was a race car, and I, it, it was it's unfortunate that a lot of guys' days ended there. But I, again, this is one of the reasons why I kind of like you know I like this and not having a whole lot of practice. I I hate that it costs a shit ton of money, but I'm a fan. I don't give a damn how much it costs those teams to be bluntly honest with you, as long as they can make it back to the next race. But that, and, and I hate that somebody got hurt, but with no practice, I mean, at some point we're going to have to bring some testing out here because you you got to be able to practice some out there. But, I, Billy, I, the racing has been – Maybe we go to – maybe we get rid of this stupid-ass pill draw qualifying and we give everybody 15 minutes Stop of track Billy you know what? We're, we're not going to waste a bunch of time. Listen, we ain't going to waste a bunch of time on this crap right now. We can discuss this at a later date, but Billy. Yeah, we don't have time. Man. We'll discuss well, this. I think it's fine. fine. So let's talk about this. I, we have you probably got a brisket to cook or something, and we know that's going to take you forever, so he, we better he, keep, he, keep it moving. He needs to cash a few paychecks before he spends it. His wife lets him spend any more money on brisket. Man, I ain't got time to eat enough. Crack the damn start firing that damn smoker. Let's talk about um, let's talk about JJ for a minute. JJ tests um, yeah. positive for COVID. His wife uh, tested positive for COVID. I guess she got tested first. He, he tests. He's he's out of the car. All of a sudden, hell, he's back in before the next race we go to at at, at Kentucky. And I mean, we can talk about a thousand different things with COVID and testing and false positives and all this other shit. But right. Here, what I, I here's the, the the big thing that I think um, is let me put, let me let me tell you the, my biggest issue is with what has happened here with with this JJ COVID thing. It has nothing to do with with COVID as far as I'm concerned. But the fact is, Billy, do you remember back when Brian France uh, stepped on his pecker and said, "I'm Brian France, and we're going to put 13 people in the chase"? You remember that? <laughs> yep. Yep. That dumb son of a bitch, all he did when, when he did that and NASCAR allowed it to happen was for fans to be able to say, oh, well, hell, you can make up any rule at any time for any reason whatsoever. And because we can just add a 13th person into the damn case um, for whatever the hell reason why, because we, we don't want Jeff Gordon not to be in it. Jeff Gordon's a big old, uh, a big draw. So now I see J.J. can't be in. And – NASCAR says, well, he can't get any of the points. And Rob, I see Rob saying, well, that's fucking stupid. You can't do all that. And fans are like, well, I mean, we do shit like this all the time. And here's why NASCAR constantly steps on their fucking back. They do dumb shit. They do dumb shit that allows themselves to be opened up for stupid shit down the road. If they, What they should have done is address this one time, Billy, and say, you know what? I'm not sure we would go back and add a 13th person. Moving forward, I'm not sure we will add another person in. We will rule on however we're going to rule, and, and we're going to be finished. But I, if you get into it, when they don't say they screwed up, when they clearly screwed up, Billy, it allows this rhetoric that goes on that you don't normally get in the NFL. I know we're not a stick and ball sport, but this is a decision. We don't just all of a sudden let another team in the playoffs. Uh, you, just, you just don't do that in any other sport. NASCAR did it. J. 
J.J. comes out. He can't go. It's his last year. Fans are crying that he needs to have, um, you know, he needs to get the points for all guy. I don't think he needed them. <laughs> it turned out he, he didn't. I don't think he <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't have helped him. No, I, I think uh, uh, the racing gods took care of that argument for us and these sorts of things. But I, and I and I and I just I remember clearly thinking, why would NASCAR throw somebody in the middle of this thing? And and I was on the on the thing in a year with COVID, Billy. It would not have bothered me whatsoever if they'd have said, okay, it's a strange fucking year. I don't know what to do. I, this is. We're going to put give him the point. I don't know that I would have been upset, Billy. I don't know that I would have been thrilled with it. But I, I think because they don't go back and they, address, they don't address situations where they clearly made a mistake, and they clearly would never do that again, they don't own up to it, and so it leaves it open for interpretation. What were your thoughts about uh, Allgaier giving the, or, or, or Jimmy Johnson getting Allgaier's point? What were you on that? I, I think I, I'm with you on the stance, like, you know, under this circumstance, a year that, you know, we'll, uh, hopefully we never see another one like this. Like, how many times have we seen drivers drive with a flu? You know, it's pretty much the same thing. Granted, you know, it's very contagious. So, like, Jimmy Johnson was drove, and I think so, had this not been the COVID-19, it was so much. Uh, speculation in it about this uh, that you know he hey he's got to be quarantined for 14 days he can't he he can't do it. I would have been okay with them giving Justin Allgaier the points for that race. But granted, like you said, it doesn't. It's not really going to make a difference. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference now, Rob. I know you uh, you thought that there is no way in hell whatsoever that the points should ever get. Get um, get taken from one driver and put to another. I mean, the owner gets the 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 owner points. Obviously, the driver does not get the driver points. And and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's that, I mean, it's it's a black and white issue for you. Yes. Yes, and and reason being is you want to, you you say well NASCAR can step on their pecker if they don't do this or if they do that. Well, NASCAR steps on their pecker if they say yeah sure we'll we'll just. We'll let Justin score points for you because now that opens up Pandora's box moving forward. Yeah. Now, yeah. now the argument yeah. can be now the argument stands for well, if you're doing that for Jimmy, why doesn't Ryan get points yeah. that Ross Chastain got yep. while he was right. in the car for three races? Yep. You know what I mean? You're opening up. This is the way it's laid out. Do they allow you to? Do they allow you to uh, to sign a waiver? You're like, okay. You, you you missed a race, but, you know, as long as you're in these, like, and if he's in the top 16 in points and, you know, doesn't get pushed out and he's got that waiver, then he's in. Yeah. He's in. Yep. Right? Yeah. Okay. So what's the problem? Well, you know, it turns out, it turns out, it turns out that the, the 48 points weren't massive to begin with. So it's not that big a hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the, he, he didn't – who knows? Who Like, all I can say is who knows. But apply for the waiver and do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, the 48, in my mind, the 48 can point their way in. Yeah. So as long as he's like, hey, if, you know, if, if you're qualified, then you're in. Apply for the waiver and you're done. Yeah. 
But if you decide, well, we got to give Jimmy these points because of this crazy-ass year, <clears throat> I'm sorry. It was just crazy-ass year. It was just before all the craziness started when Ryan got hurt. So now, now you're opening up Pandora's box, and now I really think you're stepping on your pecker when you start playing those games because it's already been laid out of how you can go about this. And, I don't so, and that's with, my two cents on that. I don't disagree yeah. with any of that. I also don't um, disagree that, you know, I mean, I would have been fine if you got the coins. I mean, I, but, but I, I guess my whole point is, um, Billy, is that when, when NASCAR does stupid shit and they don't come back and, and make it right or fix it or, or I don't know, maybe a media member doesn't have the balls to ask the people in there, you know, was that a mistake? Clearly it was a mistake, and clearly they're not going to put somebody else in the damn chase because of whatever bullshit was going on at track. I mean, that's just – but moving forward, if, if this is how they're going to treat a weird special circumstance like this and go by the quote-unquote book, I hope to God they always go by the book, Billy. Because, I mean, and, and the next thing I, I really want to talk about, it actually kind of goes with this, you know, NASCAR had an opportunity – to, to put out a press release at, at Talladega after the noose and all that kind of stuff thing that, that would have been a hell of a lot better for them, the sport, and for Bubba Wallace if they would have reworded that, that thing. They come out and they said, I don't know that we would do anything different, which is idiotic. I mean, just, just absolutely idiotic. So what happens? Uh, Donald Trump um, lets his intern tweet something stupid about Bubba Wallace and the and – the, and the, you know, fake news or whatever it was about all this kind of stuff. NASCAR ratings are down. All this, all this stuff, and I'm like, good lord! Uh, if if none of this happens, if NASCAR puts out the right statement instead of trying to sensationalize it and show how show everybody just how uh, non-racist they are, if they put out just a regular statement, this is all fine. Then Trump's dumbass gets on there and says a bunch of stupid shit. None of which are true. Uh, which is just right. crazy. And, and and I'm looking at I'm looking at the TV ratings, Billy. And, and I don't know if you saw this, but TV ratings for Indianapolis with that double header was unfreaking believable. I mean, TV ratings are up and all over the board. Up all not over only the board. that, look at the damn start time on that race, and they were delayed too. So, right. Like that's what I get. Like you know, like. There's absolutely no reason that he tweeted what he he did. Like, there's no facts behind any of that he tweeted about NASCAR and Bubba Wallace. But here's where NASCAR fucked up. And I made mention of it two or three weeks ago. I'm not going to harp on it by any stretch of imagination. But when NASCAR puts out that idiotic statement, they leave themselves open for Trump's idiotic statement to come right back with it. I mean, that, that's what they do. Instead of just saying, hey, there's an issue, we're having an investigation, more will come, NASCAR uh, is all for inclusion and equality. End of statement. Instead of saying you know, um, a white man put a noose in Bubba Wallace's stall, which turned out to be not true, they, they gave that idiot Donald Trump an avenue to say something that's not even correct. TV ratings are great. Uh, there, there wasn't a, a fake news story because Bubba Wallace never said that a, a white guy put that in there. And it, it's just right. crazy to me. It's crazy to me that 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 NASCAR still can't learn how to freaking put information out there. 
I mean, and so when the J.J. thing comes up with COVID and, and his supporters are pissed off because he's not getting the points and all that kind of stuff, uh, I can easily point to why fans will be pissed off if NASCAR doesn't do something dumb like give J.J. just an all points. But I want to say this, too. Um, kudos to Bubba Wallace because that guy has done nothing, Billy, but just start driving the wheels off his car. He's, he's doing pretty decent. He's getting a lot of exposure. Now, he got his ass handed to him with, on TV uh, a couple weeks ago after, after the, the, the Talladega race and all that kind of stuff. But did you see he just got signed by Beats? Yes, I did see he tweeted something out that, that uh, I was long after the president's stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he did. He tweeted it right That's amazing. the same day. Beats by Dre. They're the, they're the headphones. Rob oh, Beats. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's now a uh, a spokesperson for um for Beats by Dre. He uh by Billy. I, I mean, I, listen, I know the new Chevy is it knows is is decidedly better than what it has been, but Bubba Wallace is starting to do some things uh, a lot better with that car now. He's got some some notoriety, and Billy, I gotta tell you, all over social media is, and I believe Bob Bob Parker's may have put this out. People are saying possibly Bubba to the 48. Can you believe what kind of world we live in today, Billy? This is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, this time last year, Bubba Wallace put his thumb in his rear end. And now... Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Whose pe- people are, are, are quote-unquote people the same as they? What, what are you talking about? Whose people what? Basically, what I'm talking about is people are saying that Bubba Wallace is going, you know, we're talking about Bubba Wallace might go to the 48. Who are the yeah. people? Um, the Bob. Uh, I mean, is it, is, it, is, it, is, it Joe, is it Joe Schmo that sells papers on the corner in no, Charlotte, Rob, North Carolina? No, or is it Bob Pockris? Or is Bob it uh, a, a representative from Hendricks saying, we are looking at these, this many drivers, we are looking at this list of drivers to fill the seat in the 48. You know what I'm Bob saying? Bob Parkeris, who I believe to be as good as a, as a reporter there is in all the sports, Agreed. his name among three other or four other names that were candidates for the 48. Um, okay. This time <laughs> last year. And, that, and, and, Dan, just so you know, that's all I was asking as far as they yeah, or, you know, as far as people. Because yeah. it's like, well, they said, well, who is yeah. they? I'm certainly <laughs> you know not I mean? saying that. I'm certainly not saying that. I, 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 four years yeah. ago, I, I thought people were crazy not to hire Bubba Wallace and put him in a good car because I thought it was not only a great move for a team that was looking for an up-and-coming guy when he was you know, up-and-coming, but also how can you miss? How can you miss on, on having the only uh, African-American guy who can absolutely – you know, I mean, hell, he's won in the truck series. He can he can drive a race car. But if you're if you're a, if a team looking for something, I mean, who wouldn't want to take a chance on him? I never could understand why he didn't until I realized, you know, what he's doing, Jack Routes, for Christ's sake, <laughs> up blue jeans, yeah. that kind of stuff. Then I kind of got it. But a, a year ago, uh, Bob Pockris is not. And I, and I promise you, when when Jimmy Johnson announced he wasn't coming back. Nobody had Bubba Wallace on on the list for the 48. <laughs> that, that wasn't I a fair That well, I, I don't either. I I don't think that that's going to happen either. However, he's 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 done a little bit better in the car. 
He hasn't wrecked every time he's gotten into it, which he did a hell of a lot last year. Um, and and, I, and I, I think it's just weird, Billy Bradley, in 2020, I mean, guys, we have thought that we started this season with Ryan Newman upside down in a race car. We're not sure what was going to happen. Um, now Jimmy Johnson's got COVID and can't race, and Bubba Wallace is being rumored, it's a rumor, but he's being rumored to be a candidate for the 48. I, don't, it was, I can't even keep track of this shit. It's so crazy. Um, but, but I will say this. Trump tweeting a bunch of dumb shit about <laughs> Bubba Wallace and, and NASCAR's TV ratings going down. All that did was help Bubba Wallace and NASCAR TV ratings. I mean, it's it, literally, it, it, it's all it's done, and, and I'm on board with that. I, Billy, how, how many times have you heard me say, um, uh, either here or in our conversations, or, or especially in a, in a group text, that if you want to if you want to if you want to beat Donald Trump, just leave his ass alone. He can't stand not being the. He'll say something dumb and get and, and get himself hurt. And I mean, look, we, we moved off of Donald Trump uh, and. and, and and NASCAR, and all of a sudden he had to he had to get back into the into the news, Billy, and and he he, he said two things that were 100 percent incorrect, and all it did was help Bubba Wallace. Thank you, yeah. President Trump. <laughs> this season's ratings are going to be I mean they're going to be as as good as any season we've had since they've been they've been doing ratings, Billy. And, and the funny yeah, thing and is, that's Rob, exactly. Go ahead. Uh, that's exactly what Bubba Wallace's reply back to the president. Instead of even giving him the acknowledgement of that tweet yeah. that Bubba replied back, he should have put something to the effect, but thanks for helping my career. Like, And that, that's yeah. really what he done. Yeah, that's exactly what he's done. Rob Lopes has seen, he's seen zero fans, maybe a, a couple thousand fans in the stands total you know, since we've gone back racing. And the damn ratings, Billy, yeah. are as high as they've ever been. I mean, that, Rob, that seems—I know it sounds crazy, but that seems weird. That NASCAR's ratings are the highest, and you've seen a few thousand fans in the last seven, eight races. Well, you, you can you can say that yes, it seems weird, but at the same time, that's the only that's the only avenue to watch the racing. It's the only way you can is on TV. It's the only way you can. And while, I mean. In a way, that's good for us, but in a way, it's bad for us because, uh, uh, and, and you guys know this because you've, you've sat in the stands, you've been in the garage, you've had hot passes and stood behind pit stalls and watched pit stops, and you've seen the race from the infield, you've seen the race from the stands, you've seen the race on TV. It's a whole different experience. Well, it's going there, if you are a casual fan, and I, and I will say this, and I believe this because when I was a kid, I I went to the race and I'm like, you know, like I watched it on TV and I was like, man, this is pretty cool. And then when I went, I was like, holy cow, it's so amazing. Yeah. yeah. Going there. And there's people like there's people that I took there. And this is before I was in the sport. Uh, people, you know, like when I was a teenager, when I was going with my folks and that, and I would be like, you know, and they said, hey, you know, why don't you ask your buddy such and such to go? Or, you know, ask your buddy Ron to go. And I would say, hey, Ron, man, you want to go to a race? And he'd be like, yeah, sure, man, no problem, you know. And he was kind of like, okay, you know, whatever. And then he went, and all of a sudden he's like, dude, this is the most incredible thing I've ever been to. Yeah. The sights, the sounds, the smells, the action, the feeling, the being there. I mean, if you're a casual fan just from watching it on TV and you go, you will be hooked. You will be hooked. Yeah, exactly. 
because the experience is unbelievable. It's indescribable. You can't describe it. It, it. I mean, even listen, even people who work in the industry can't give it justice because until you smell the fuel and the rubber and, and feel the guys go by and the wind and the noise, it just, I mean, you can watch it, and that's one thing, and you can understand it, but being there is, is completely 100% different. Rob Lopes, have you had a chance to even look at your schedule over the next seven to ten days by chance? <laughs> You don't even listen, man. You don't even know what's coming. You can, you guys can look at a calendar and you can write, okay, they're in Kentucky on Sunday. Okay, yeah. they're in Bristol, Tennessee on Wednesday. I hate to tell you. Oh, and then oh yeah, that's right. Then they're going to um Texas, which isn't exactly across the street from Charlotte or Bristol. <laughs> okay. Oh God. And then. We're going to go to Kansas, not the following Sunday, but on Thursday. Yeah. Again, not exactly running to the grocery store for a loaf of bread. Yeah. So yeah. we like that's like we we we've already plotted out our car schedule, obviously, and so has everybody else. And we've looked at our work schedule, and we're like, yeah, I don't see, I don't see a, a lot of free time coming up here in the next <laughs> couple of weeks. And then the August schedule came out, yeah. and we all looked at it, and we were like, shit, man. Like, like before we leave before we leave for Kentucky, you might as well just kiss your wife or your girlfriend yeah. or whomever, you know, your yeah. significant other, be like, look, I'll see you in about a month. I'll talk see to you later. later. You know, if you need something, text me. <laughs> if you need something, text me, call me, whatever, FaceTime me, because chances are, you're going to be in bed when I get home, and I'm going to be gone before you wake up. That's right. Um, it's going to be crazy. I've been texting you how hot it's going to be here in Texas, and I'm, by the time you get to Texas, hell, you're going to be too tired to even feel it. So that's probably a good It's thing. going to freaking rain, dude. It's going to freaking rain, okay? If, if it does, Trust I, me when I tell you, you are going to get – all of a sudden, all the stuff you've been telling me, you're like, man, it yeah. never rains. You know, man, we get into July, it never rains, blah, blah, blah. I can promise you. You will get some sort of shower when we get there. So we bring it, it, it wasn't supposed to rain. It wasn't supposed to rain in Indy, for God's sake. I, it, it was not. Billy, did you hear what they did to the start time at, in Kentucky? <laughs> no. They moved it's, it up. It's an hour day race. <laughs> they, they moved it yeah. up to 4 p.m., which is right when the thunderstorms are going to happen and them hollers up there in Kentucky. Well, so, it's, it's a day race. It's a two, I think it's a 2.30 start. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a 2:30 for the cup race. It's a 2:30 yeah. start for the cup race. Um, so, but still, I mean, you're. But on the other side, of the floor, at least now you're at a track. Exactly, Billy. Yeah. You're at a track that's got lights. You you've got a little more room to maneuver. Well, this is all yeah. to say, I, I'm loving this NASCAR year. I'm loving the schedule. I know it's it, I know, I, but I don't work in the garage, Billy, and I don't travel. So it might, it, that might change my opinion on exactly how much I love this schedule. But from a NASCAR fan standpoint, view, we couldn't ask for anything else. And real quick before we, we get out of here, I want to talk about the lights that are going under the car. Billy, have you seen what they're doing to the cars at Bristol for the All-Star Race? Billy, you really have to even acknowledge this subject. I think we do, Billy Bradley. I think we do. And I will tell you something. I believe that NASCAR has decided, hey, let's 
do what? the dumbest shit we possibly can because <laughs> other people are going to see this and think it's normal and think it's cool, and then we're going to get a, I mean, it's a Wednesday night. What sport's going to be broadcasted Wednesday night in July? None. The All-Star Race with lights on. Listen. <laughs> it's a freaking 7 p.m. start time. It doesn't get dark, dark here that you're going to even be able to acknowledge those lights till 10 p.m. And there's nothing better than seeing those damn sparks coming out from underneath those cars. Like, we're not uh, down in Pigeon Forge for Rod Runs weekend. We're at a NASCAR race. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you this right now. I am, I am going to hold my opinion closely because... I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. My my first thought is, okay, so we're gonna take these things under the car every four inches and bolt them. One is going to come out. This is it's Bristol. There's wrecks at Bristol. I can't imagine. I mean, if we have to have a caution because one of these rope whites things come out or whatever it is, I, I, I'd probably laugh my ass off at at, at how. But but on the other hand, Billy, I mean, I guess if we're going to do some carnival shit, we, we can't give J.J. just an all-guy's points, but we can put Christmas lights underneath the cars. I, I guess that's <laughs> a weird damn year, man. I guess we're just going to have to be accepted and, and go on. Rob, have you ever seen a race with, with uh, uh, whether it's, I mean, not a, not a street race, but have you ever seen a race anywhere at any time in your life where those cars had lights underneath them? Are you seriously asking me that question right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm seriously asking. Are you seriously asking me that question? <laughs> yeah, I assume, Rob. Rob I, hold on, you? hold on. I'm going to have to think. Hold on, let me. Man, geez. Oh, man, there's so many. Um, I'm going to go with uh, no. no. Okay. I, what I, let me and, ask you and whatever, listen, you just said it right there. The All-Star Race has always been a spectacle, so to speak. Yeah. But... Um, I don't know if underbody lights are something we really need to worry about right now. <laughs> I mean, we are racing Bristol in freaking July. There's a yeah. side window in these cars. The, you know, blah, 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 blah. He, you know, you're drawing amps and all this stuff. Now, granted, it's a short race, whatever. But I, I'm curious as to what, what's the end game on putting underbody lights on this and just put him along the fuel cell, and each manufacturer has a different color. And yeah. my, my next question is, are they on – and supposedly, supposedly, I don't know how true this is, supposedly they're not under our control. They're not going to be on all the time. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be like at the go-kart track where NASCAR has a switch where they flick them all on, oh you know, under God. caution when you're riding around, <laughs> or if they make them strobe, or who knows what. I don't know. Okay? Really? Who knows what's imagine? coming from this? But the fact that we have to tape lights underneath, listen, man, it ain't bike night at Quaker Steak and Lube or nothing like that where you got your Harley sitting yeah, there with the lights it. on and that. Yeah. It ain't rod. It ain't it ain't the rod run, you know, in Kannapolis or what have uh, you. Come uh, on now, Billy, what are we really doing? Being a crew guy in a garage with wearing masks and social distancing and trying to prepare cars for the next. 15 to 20, 30 days, and then getting a memo from NASCAR, hey, guys, we thought it'd be fun just to, just to put some lights underneath these cars. Probably won't take you, oh, I don't know, um, forever to figure out how the hell we're going to do it, but just take those back.
You know what the memo should have been that Rob and the boys got? Hey, guys, we're going back to the All-Star Race, and we're going to get it back to what it was really about, the crew guys. We're going to start the crew guy challenge back up again. Not them disco lot. <laughs> we got lights on the cars during COVID, and you can't and you can't even touch the driver for Christ's sakes. I, I, it, right. it seems like the craziest shit ever. We're just gonna add to the crew people what the shit they have to do starting the busiest month of NASCAR's <laughs> history. I just, I just, yeah. Like, I, I, like again, I mean, I, I mean you got teams. <laughs> go you got teams working split shifts. You've got teams working seven days a week. You've got guys working 12 hours a day. The smaller teams, you know, they're busting their ass. You've got organizations working split shifts. You've got, you know, all kinds of stuff going on, you know, and like you said, in a season that we've never, something like we've never seen under circumstances like we haven't seen. Yeah. And, and I'm not taking away from, you know, in years gone by when, all you did was work on race cars and you were in, you know, and you race two, three times a week and, you know, there's only five of you, you know, I understand all that. And the sports evolved from that. But now we're in the crate, like you just said, we're in the, one of probably one of the craziest years under the craziest circumstances We're we're rolling into probably two extremely busy weeks and a bunch of hot ass places. We're going, and then they announce the August schedule and you look at it and you're like, okay, there's two double headers. We're going to Daytona twice in the month of August, once on the road course, once on the big <laughs> track. Good Lord. And it's like, and it's like, but oh, you know what's going to be cool? Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and just we're gonna we're gonna stick some lights underneath the back of this car. Oh, and by the way, we're gonna move the number off the center of the door and either move it back to the front part of the quarter panel or behind the tire at Bristol because nobody ever scrapes the fence there. Nobody. Listen, listen. I, I, I've said a lot of crazy shit in my life. Some of them come true, but I'm going to tell you right now. Literally, the very first thing that I thought of, this is no shit. The very first thing I thought of when I heard the lights was this is all to take away how ridiculous that number is going to look. People are going to be like, not, we're not even talking about the number. We're not even talking about the number. Like, shit, get rid of the lights. We'll keep the number there. So, yeah, that's um, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's just see what else we can do. I mean, just take the roofs off the car for Christ's sake. All right. Rob Lopes, I know Billy Bradley, you got to get out of here. We're just about out of time. Rob Lopes, uh, big victor. Um, not like it was a super difficult one to pick out, but son, you did it. Uh, you're two weeks in a row. You're you're leading us off the bat. You took the four to win. Uh, thanks to <laughs> a, the tire guy picked the, the, the four to win, and he won because of a tire, Billy. I see a pattern here. Um, Rob, Lewis, yeah. who's your winner and who's your dark horse for Kentucky? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Shut up, Billy. Uh, I'm, not picking, <laughs> I'm not picking the 43. I'm not picking the 43. Yes. It's going to be the 20. You're it's going to be the 22. Two. That's good one. It's going to be the 22, and the 18 is my dark horse. Amen. All right. Billy, who yeah. you got, son? Well, since Rob Lopes didn't take him, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going with Brad Keselowski and, oh, shit, who's the other guy I had? Uh, uh, Chris Buescher. I had it right. No, what Buescher? Matt DiBenedetto. All right, Matt DiBenedetto. Woo! That's, uh, okay. Hey. I don't. I don't know. Is that a nice pick, Rob? I'm not sure it's a nice pick. Um, 
he's showing strength and he's he's showing strength and he's in good equipment and he hasn't won a race. Why wouldn't you pick him as your dark horse? craziness going on in the world right now we appreciate you spending a little time with us before you leave take a minute and check out this new song by guy l boom and alex hobbs here's end of the world yeah Jimmy. Let's go. i'm turning off my tv shit's getting rough all the service negativity i think i had enough i got my own demons that I'm still dealing with And if you still wanna be here I gotta make one thing clear Don't just say you love me Show me You say that you're with me Then prove me I'm really trying to find my fears But it's getting scary out here I don't wanna be alone Tonight Baby, hold me tight Tonight Oh Come on, baby Make love to me Like it's the end of the world Tonight. Tonight. 